<laughs> That's Man, very the, true. Yeah, and the fact that, like it said, like, his mother's named Martha was like the linchpin they get the like for Batman to be like, mm, okay, I guess. I mean, he's an I alien. I still don't trust him. Yeah. But, you know, his mom's name is my mom, so... Yeah. He's got a mom, too. Everybody's got a mom. Yeah, so did fucking Ted Bundy, Richard Ramirez, and Jeffrey Dahmer. But, yeah. You know, <laughs> well, I mean... Like, what? Picture a world where Jeffrey Dahmer and the Night Stalker meet each other, and both their mom's <laughs> name is, like, Josephine. Do they stop serial killing people or do oh, they man. go like do we do we join forces talk about whoever wins we lose <laughs> yeah no shit like i mean that 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 has never been a connective tissue maybe it might like ease things in if you're starting at a new place of work but it sure hell isn't going to be like something like hey so you remember when we both said our mom's names are denise yeah i need like two weeks off <laughs> oh well you know if your mom's name wasn't denise i would tell you to go fuck yourself but instead two weeks off you got it dude <laughs> pop saga you know we keep it groovy we talking cartoons books tvs and movies a couple of nerds but got style we so cool pop culture talking new and old school yeah you should know we love hip-hop from the roots Ty live shout out to feral munch we giving you what you want it don't get no live ain't no doubt we gotcha this is pop saga let's go oh yeah you heard right this is a lifestyle welcome to the nerd life pop saga Welcome, everybody, to Pop Saga Presents Doc Talk, because today we're talking about Doctor Who. This British sci-fi program has been a fixture of pop culture since 1963, enthralling audiences from around the world to this very day. So settle in with some fish fingers and custard, because this show is much bigger on the inside. I'm everyone's least favorite companion, Forrest, and I am joined, as always, by <laughs> time-traveling rogue, Captain John Hart. This intro is too long and dry. Exterminate! Exterminate! <laughs> Uh, don't worry for us we can do the podcast upstairs they'll never be able to catch us yeah that sounds like oh, no, an no. early dalek model right yeah he's a he's a uh, 1960s dalek he, he can't get up the stairs he doesn't have Shitty. the cool hover jets he can't even get up a ramp <laughs> like, Extem- oh never mind never mind <laughs> the doctor has foiled us again could someone help me get up this ramp? No. No. No, no. Get that plunger away from me. Yeah, oh, I just kicked the, him over. Oh, and, I can see his, his little alien body flailing around in there. I feel yeah, bad. That's oh, that's fine. They're, they're, they did that to themselves. Like, yeah. literally, they did that to themselves. So, right. it's fine. And, you know, I mean, when you have a plunger in one hand and a whisk on another... What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah. Like, of course yeah. you're upset. Yeah. It's like, why? Why did I get this body? Why not something else? <laughs> Slightly better looking? <laughs> you know? But that old Davros, that's what he does. He's just like, Brecht 
practical? I don't believe in practicality. <laughs> I like this shape. No, I mean, you know, it, it doesn't look great, but certainly it, it served them well all these years. They have evolved very little in terms of uh, how they look. Much less than I think the Cybermen have evolved quite a quite a substant to a substantial degree, but the, yeah, the Daleks I mean, they're they're still rocking that. Uh, I mean, just very weird shape. I mean, the Cybermen look like the original ones look like they had a ham radio and accordion strapped to their chest. <laughs> yep. You know, they were like a miner's helmet on top, and like <laughs> those old. You know, you ever see those pictures of those old timey like halloween costumes that people would wear that just look absolutely frightening like it's like a mickey mouse mask but it's like uh -huh. soulless it looks like that was probably like old-timey balaclava or something like just put this sock <laughs> on over your face now hold this accordion and uh, go out there and terrify the masses <laughs> of course yeah <laughs> yep uh go out there in your foil suit and all your tinfoil everywhere else and uh really you know make people aluminium. scared of robot i'm sorry yes aluminium foil because uh you know this show is from across the pond if you couldn't tell it's uh i would say i read an article that said that it is like in in great britain it's it it's incredibly influential and huge but outside of great britain it's probably achieved at best cult status would you say that's probably true? I would have said that probably like uh, fifteen years ago. But you no, think it's I, th I think then. it's it's made its way into popular culture. It, even if you've never seen it, like you kind of know about you know Doctor, like the Doctor at the very least. Um, it's definitely made its way into other TV shows out here. Um, you know, jokes even. From The Simpsons to, and that's how I really because we'll I I think we'll go into it in a little bit, but that's kind of my first exposure to Doctor Who because I didn't grow up with it. I was, you know, we kind of grow up watching the the things that the older kids or parents in our in our lives are watching, and I my house was a strictly a Star Wars Star Trek house. Not too much Doctor Who. So I like I knew about Tom Baker, I knew about the Scarves, I knew about the Dalek the Daleks, I should say. Um and, yeah, and that was all too. from <laughs> that was all from uh that was all from the Simpsons and, and just pop culture references. Yeah, not me. Not me. I uh, my brother loves Doctor Who and um I honestly want to say I've been watching since about 1986. Uh, I remember my first Doctor is not like my chosen Doctor, but I remember it was John Pertwee. He is the third Doctor. Um, and yeah, we used to watch it out here on KTEH on uh, Sundays. They would do uh, Sundays. They would do a big Doctor Who block, and on like the weekdays, they would do like episode maybe two episodes because the format was way different than it is now um where you know some stories would be like you know four episodes or even some would be like seven episodes 
or if you're like the sixth doctor and you were doing a, what, a trial of a time lord or something like that that one was like 14 episodes and uh that that was just because i think they were trying to get him out so they're like let's wrap up this last one okay <laughs> he's got a contract let's uh, let's uh, let's just make this extremely long let's go okay come on come on come on come on come on uh, but yeah, no, I've been watching it for uh, almost as long as I can remember. Yeah, so for people out there who have not been lucky enough to watch any Doctor Who, the top line sort of summary of the show is it's about an alien named, we don't know, <laughs> named the, the Doctor, or he is called the doctor referred to as the doctor um not doctor who just the doctor and uh he travels around the universe uh in his tardis which is a time and space machine and um that always looks like a p uh police box uh Mm -hmm. because it's um it has like some technology that allows it to cloak itself in an era appropriate disguise but that is broken and so it always looks like a blue police box and these are things that were in england that allowed people to contact the police uh i guess directly i have no idea really yeah yeah no they they were very common in england actually during the time so uh, yeah you'd get on there be like hello governor i'm about to get murdered and then you had a box you could get murdered in, but the cops knew which box you were getting murdered in. Yeah, and so it's just, he is like the the last or one of the very few of the Time Lords uh, left and uh, from a planet called Gallifrey, and they just go. He has tons of cool adventures with human companions sometimes, sometimes without, against a, a host of... Uh, you know, intergalactic bad guys. But, uh, so, as you can probably tell, uh, John is an old-school Doctor Who fan, and I, for me, Doctor Who doesn't really start until 2005. (laughs) Or 2006. Uh, no, no, wait, no, it's 2005. No, 2005. You're good. Yeah. So, when they relaunched Doctor Who after being off of the air since 1989, because the original series ran from 1963 to 1989, and then in 1996 they tried to relaunch it, but they made a TV movie that bombed pretty hardcore, and then so it, it was, it stayed on hiatus until 2005. Yeah, it bombed in the U.S. really badly. It did all right in the U.K., obviously. Um, but not good enough to create a regularly running uh, series again, which was yeah. the uh, the purpose of it. It was supposed to be a backdoor pilot for a new Doctor Who series. Yeah, man, I hated that one. I hated it so much. <laughs> I remember watching because it, it, it came out on Fox, and I just remember going like, fucking Eric Roberts. What the fuck is this shit? And then then it was just like, oh, 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 God. Everything just hurt my soul. Um, Though, I I, I mean, I I used to give Paul McGann a lot of shit um, just for that look. But that wasn't his fault. You know, that was. No. (laughs) I know. But I mean, at the time, I was, I mean, I was a young punk. 
and I was really hot-headed at that point because I was I was jonesing for more Doctor Who, and then when this happened, I was just like, oh, never mind, just stay in the past. Come on, Colin Baker. Come on, Sylvester McCoy. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's, I'll stay here forever. Now, did you say Colin Baker? Yeah, so, yeah, Colin Baker's the sixth Doctor. And so there's both a Tom and Colin Baker? That is correct. Wow, okay. It's just there's not a lot of... Are there not a lot of last Surnames, names in England? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, once you go... Uh, once you go Hartnell, every you know there, there's like ten surnames. I think I don't know much about uh, England, so right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and you just mentioned William Hartnell, who was the the first uh, Doctor. Correct. Yeah, and there's been thirteen actors who have played Doctor Who, and and I think at a stroke of brilliance, and you really have to give credit to the original creators of Doctor Who. They're like, well, we know that this show will probably... We want it to go on for a long time, and we know they'll be recast, so we'll just write it into the show that just explains the fact that the actors can look totally different, and then they have like they don't have to worry about anything re- when recasting. They can just cast whoever they want. Yeah, it's, it's, it is truly a stroke of uh, brilliance, just to kind of have that, like, well... Though they did give a finite number originally, they've uh, recanted on it. <laughs> right, they of course retconned. Yeah, because they're like, oh shit, we, we actually got to 13. So technically, like this, uh, what, Jodie Whittaker? Mm-hmm, yeah, who is the their thir- most current Doctor Who. Yeah, she would be the 13th, so this would, I guess, technically be the last regeneration. Though I would have counted... 12 so peter capaldi should have been the last one anyway whatever uh yeah i think that was the thing it was peter capaldi was supposed to be the last in in the the old canon regeneration and then in sort of a fun they so they added another regeneration but uh for this one that was that is the first post original limitations regeneration they made it a uh, female doctor for the first time ever. Yeah, and uh, as an old Whovian here, I had zero problems with that. I thought it was real. I was, I was very much about time. Uh, I, I yeah, kept... there's nothing. There's nothing that that uh, would prevent it. That's in the fiction. Like the doctor is an alien, and the at least in the later seasons, the concept of like him having a, like a sex and a sexual orientation isn't really something that's part of their identity. No, it's not. It's just you know when you at the at the time when you had like forty years or you know at this point at the fifty years of tradition, it's really hard to want to break that. You know, it's like James Bond. Yeah, same thing. It, it, obviously, it's like, you know, a lot of people were pushing for, like, Idris Elba to be James Bond and doing all this, but, you know, certain people aren't ready for that, I guess, yet. <laughs> but again, so, there's nothing about James Bond and his, uh, the way he's written that would preclude him be- from being any race. Yeah, not that I see, but, you know, I'm not the one making these big picture plays. So I'm, I was really happy to see Doctor Who kind of take that that leap and just do it. 
because why not? I mean, the, the, that's the beauty of this show, um, just being able to, you know, really take leaps of the imagination. And it's, you know, every episode it's as strong as the writer writing it. So, like, some instances they can be really, ooh, and some instances they can be great and fantastical. And, you know, just having this as an option is, you know, it's killer. It's killer. I really enjoy that. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I've seen, I haven't seen a lot of the most recent season. Uh, to be honest, when uh, Peter Capaldi joined, I just kind of wasn't, I'm not a huge fan of like the cranky doctors. Um, and his sort of like, uh, he had like a little bit of that crank. And then also he was like, he had a, <laughs> he for a while, he didn't have a sonic screwdriver. He had a sonic uh, sunglasses. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm not, this is a little uh, far afield for me. And so I kind of fell off during that generation. But I did watch maybe the first four or five episodes of the new series with uh, Jodie Whittaker. And she does a great job. She brings back some of that whimsy that I was missing. And uh, the only thing that kind of distracts me is that her outfit really reminds me of Mork from Ork, (laughs) the Robin Williams character. From Mork and Mindy, really? I, yeah. I mean, I get yeah, a little bit suspenders and the, the suspenders you know, the, and the shirt. The I don't shirt, know. Yeah, kind of do that. That's fair. Yeah, I mean personally, uh, we're just for the folks at home. We're just going to probably. I, I'm sure that Forrest has written some things down that we'll definitely talk about. But this is just be general doc talk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's doc um, talk. Yeah, I stopped watching after the last, uh, which would have been Tenet's last season that I have not seen. Um, so I watched almost nothing of Matt Smith. Mm-hmm. And I definitely, <laughs> Listen, you can't not I watch watched, it and be disgusted of it. Yeah, I can. And uh, no, you can't. I, I, yeah, I can. Um, <laughs> rightfully so. Uh, I watched <laughs> no. an episode or two of Peter Capaldi. He just remind me a little bit of like John Pertwee. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Doctor. Big time. It just, I mean, just kind of in look. Uh, I was not a fan of the Sonic uh, sunglasses. His Sonic screwdriver. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> and then I watched a few episodes because I was like, I have to see how they're gonna do. You know, the introduction of uh, Jodie Whittaker, and I was like, okay, this is cool. I was like, there are a lot of a companion she has. But this is cool. Um, yeah, but not enough. To, I think at that point, I've just kind of like, eh, you know, I'll maybe I'll I'll hop back in and watch eventually, um, and and catch up finally. But uh, yeah, they just didn't grab me as 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 they kind of went on. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. So this modern this modern um, age of Doctor Who was uh, shepherded in by Christopher Eccleston, or you might remi- remember him as uh, the uh, as uh, Destro from <laughs> the GI Joe movie. Yeah, or if you uh, didn't bother to watch that, he was Meliketh <laughs> in Thor in the Dark World. Right. <laughs> Which just great movies that I'm sure you remember. Yeah, here's the thing: Christopher Eccleston himself is a fantastic actor. 
truly is nothing against the guy no nothing against him at all uh just sometimes you could always feel like when someone takes a movie because they need to build a new floor on their house or something and i felt like both of those movies were the case because like <laughs> i especially like how he was with uh doctor who doing only the one season you know he is very much like later on he was like he didn't really want to get trapped as being known as the doctor which good luck mark hamill i'm sure didn't want to be known as luke skywalker for a while after he did those movies you know right but once there you go yeah once you're branded you're you're branded it doesn't matter um uh, but yeah man fuck I, now you just got me thinking about that gi joe movie yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely do that one I mean, at some should. point um yeah i mean next week we're going to to debut we're going to test out a new format that i will leave as a surprise um but i think the gi joe movie would fit very well into that uh into that new in that new type of show oh, I um think so. yep <laughs> it's a great it's a, it's a top contender yes um but uh yeah he is largely credited and his performance even though like you said he only wanted to do one season he didn't want to be trapped in this role but uh, his portrayal and especially his his confrontations with the Daleks uh, really were credited with um, making the show what it is today, which is it's it's back and and I would say probably bigger than ever. Yeah, I mean it's just because when you're simulcasting like the premiere in the UK and the United States, you've you've done something and definitely the original series wasn't remotely doing that. I remember the first time I watched the, uh, uh, the ninth doctor's first episode. And I hated it. I, I, I hated everything about it. It took, it took, uh, a couple rewatches that kind of be like, okay, all right, I'll continue to see what's going on. But when I first yeah. saw it, I was like, fuck this. They took everything I loved about the show and tried to make it all edgelord, and I I couldn't stand it. Like, I was like, how many episodes for this story? One episode a story? This makes no sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. Why is he wearing a leather jacket? Right. What are these things? Why is he, you know? Sonic it's weird. Driver. Fuck. I had the same sort of feeling, even though I wasn't like I, I had only seen maybe one or two episodes of the original any of the original series, and it had always been the the Tom Baker Doctor, and so I was ready. Like I was, I was thinking of more of sort of a whimsical, uh, sort of a a Doctor that had some sort of sense of humor. So when I watched that original pilot with uh, Eccleston, it was just like like you said it was very edgelord it was very 90s or like early 2000s i should say with like the black leather and he's like this doctor who's like pissed and he's aloof um and i think that was that initially turned me off i i watched that first part and i was like okay well i don't this i guess this isn't for me but as it went on and and uh friends of mine were watching it and loving it I eventually kind of got back on board with the uh, the tenth Doctor, the Tenant seasons, and uh, I liked him a lot more. I liked the I liked he had some of that whimsy, but he had he kept some of the anger that people appreciated from the 
the previous doctor and uh he really was just like whoa this is uh david Tennant is is awesome and this doctor is like uh these stories ended up being really compelling and uh they had a lot of like those uh multi-episode arcs you were talking about it's interesting to kind of see the divide between you know when they you know russell t davies took over and kind of shifted stuff i would say for sure he felt like he was a fan um yeah and that helped um with those stories after again like after a couple watches i was like okay i see what they're doing and i was at least pleased to see because you know reboots and you know or new versions of old movies were starting to become a thing when this one was coming out so i was really afraid that this would just be you know new doctor who without acknowledging the past but uh fortunately they were really smart and just said yeah it's just a continuation from those it's just different and um i really appreciated that and uh i really appreciated uh tenant's performance as the 10th doctor um because he also was a fan and he he felt very doctorish to me um more so than uh, some of the others yeah he had that sort of uh right mix of uh he was sort of like funny and aloof and then he could he could downshift into this very serious uh um like deadly serious uh um uh personality that would just really captivate you in fact um let's uh let's just hear him uh tell us in his own words uh, uh about uh himself i'm the doctor i'm a time lord i'm from the planet gallifrey in the constellation of casterberus i'm 903 years old and i'm the man who's going to save your lives and all six billion people on the planet below so you see he had like he had that gravitas um and uh, he could really turn it on at a moment's notice but uh, then he could be wacky as well yeah i mean that is you know, to me, that's always been the Doctor. The thing that I've always appreciated about the character was that he's not, like, a violent person. You know, he tries not to be. He wants, you know, he's just trying to make sure everything is right. So, you know, violence is something that, during the original runs, you would rarely see him do. And even then, he wouldn't, like, it. you know, it wasn't like oh shit, the doctor just smoked that dude. Like, he would do every, you know, like, he's a and shot the shit out of somebody. Like, one of the most, like, striking scenes to me was the fifth doctor, and, um, it was a Dalek episode where he ended up, god, what, it's not Remembrance of the Daleks. That one's gonna kill me. It'll, it'll come to me. But he, like, points a gun at Davros, and, like, that was the most violent thing I ever remember him doing. <laughs> he didn't shoot him, which would have solved all his problems. You know, like, everyone's looking at Batman and be like, dude, just break the Joker's neck. I think people would forgive you. And Batman's like, <laughs> no, 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 because on, I become guys. as bad as him. But, but, no, you know, seeing the doctor was just like, I'll shoot you, you know, like, but he didn't. But that was, like, literally out of all the seasons I've ever watched was the most violent thing. And then all of a sudden, you know, edgelord Christopher Eccles. And I was like, Oh, he shanked a few people. Something <laughs> happened. He shot someone right before this scene. IRL. Yeah. 
Yeah, like the TARDIS door closed. <laughs> you know, like he just he just snuffed somebody, and and that's the thing. Like this character is, re- you know, he he's extremely brilliant. He has a time machine, you know, that like literally is a pocket dimension. So like hopping inside is like it can be as big as he wants it to be inside this goddamn TARDIS just about you know and he's he he can be deadly serious because we've seen deadly versions of you know a doctor s character like in the master his like his moriarty his joker his nemesis is the master like what happens if the doctor was the turn kind of like evil so like i i do admit like you know like tenet really had that really good blend between both where it's just like i don't know if i'd want to mess with him because it's got kind of that look you know like that mm-hmm yeah he does have a little bit there's like a little darkness hidden there and you were just uh mentioning davos uh and uh could you tell the audience who that character is real quick yeah sorry he's the creator of the dialects uh arguably the doctor's other nemesis the doctor has gotten a lot of uh, fought a lot of different uh, bad guys over the years, but the dialects are the ones that are just his. You know, they're the yeah. worst. If it's not the master, then it's them. And then, like, yeah, you know, and he's like he had a really gross recreation in the newest series. The 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 makeup they did for for yeah. the the new version of Davos is really uh, yeah pretty gross. Yeah, like I mean, his whole thing was just about like. Uh, like perfecting a species so like a lot of modification and things like that so like he's like half dialect the mm-hmm. one i remember is like half dialect then he gets like some fancy like black leather uh jumper or top you know <laughs> and then he's got the one hand and the other hand is just in his chair kind of creepily because you're like what's mm-hmm. that hand doing there and then <laughs> put the hand on the table come on yeah now. come on come on man I- in the room yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then his, you know, his eyes are like uh, sealed off, but he has like this like mechanical eye at the top, and then his dialects are just like mutations upon themselves. So like when you see them, like they're really just amorphous blobs with some tentacles, um, in a, a mechanical shell. Uh, yeah, a weird yeah. mechanical shell with as as uh, as so- John so succinctly put it, a plunger on uh, one hand. Or, or coming out of one side and then a whisk coming out of the other that shoots laser beams. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know if you've ever remembered the old episodes. It used to, it was like a whisk that also had like, if, you, as a kid, you ever have one of those uh, uh, fucking things you'd blow into and it would like extend, like, you kind of like, yep. right? It was like that would come out of the end of the whisk. <laughs> And you're just like, this is the silliest shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and it's normally covered up by the fact it's doing that, but also like this really like not even rotoscoped beam would form on the the screen as it's shooting. Like it would usually do like a negative flash, and you know someone got hit by the blast. But there's an episode where their weapons are made inert, so it's just this thing flicking out of the top of this whisk. Just this was like. <laughs> Oh, this is a little little sad. sad. (laughs) So, 
actually that dovetails nicely into um what i want to talk about next and so uh john i was curious do you have a favorite adversary for the doctor Ooh, i do very easily for me it's always Mm. been the cybermen really why i i love like the way they um they look like mm-hmm. the the 80s versions of them uh you know really around uh, peter davis and his the fifth doctor's run i felt like they really dialed in the look for the cybermen and uh earth shock to me is like one of my favorite doctor who episodes of old time and that's a cyberman centric one because it 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 was the first time uh like I saw one of the doctor's companions die and it mm-hmm. was, you know, to the fact that the, you know, the Cyberman caused like this, you know, almost unescapable situation where he was trapped on this ship. And the only way he could do it was uh crash into like a meteorite or something and blow up. Um, so that's what happened. So they felt really dangerous, but also they weren't like, they weren't like the dialects, and I love the dialects. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, the Terry Nation, who's the creator of the dialects, also did like one of my favorite other British sci-fi shows, Blake Seven. Like the dialects are scary too in their own right. But like I said, when I was used to them, they couldn't go upstairs, so the <laughs> Cybermen could. So that that really creeped me out and the the fact that they didn't really talk with like a a processed voice they they added that later on with the new series they just used to be dudes to be like you know uh what did they say eradicate them you know it's just like it's kind of like well the dialects got exterminate well you know let's get an e in there too (laughs) every alien every evil alien has to have a one word catchphrase yeah you know like you know if and they just, I just love the way they look. And um, so they've always been like, those. that's my favorite villain for him, the fight. Because they don't also show up all the time. It, you know, like the dialect always felt like, fuck man, like every, well, like, you know, every two or three stories, here's another dialect, you know, episode. Where the Cybermen were like, you know, maybe because they were the weaker of the groups, I don't know. But I always love them. And I, I love the master, too. Um, depends on which master, but... Yeah, that's the thing with the master. You really have to, like... Uh, you really have to like the actor who is doing uh, the master. There's been a lot of of good actors who have done that. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Cybermen are up there for me, too. I ended... I, I really kind of uh, racked my brain, because I actually like... There's a sort of newer adversary that Doctor Who had called the Silence that I really liked uh, quite a bit. Um, but they are kind of only in one series. Um, so I I ended up, and this is not very creative or interesting, but I ended up uh, settling on the uh, Daleks just because I find them to be a threatening enemy. Um in spite of the fact of how goofy their aesthetics are. Their aesthetics are sort of inherently goofy. Their voice is inherently uh, funny. Here, I'll give you a little sample of uh, that if you're not familiar. What is happening? 
that's the uh that's the dalek supreme dalek that's why it's a little dalek that's why it's a little um deeper but uh i don't know it's so weird that everything comes together and they truly end up being very terrifying when you see them roll by in a scene uh you can really feel the threat that they give to the characters and they always seem like a match for the doctor and they are constantly sort of giving getting a one up on him and they're sort of manic and unpredictable in a way that i really enjoy so i think all those things together uh kind of s- cement them as my as my favorite even though there's there's like i said i love the silence i love uh the weeping angels i think those those ones are just terrifying but they're kind of one dimensional and of course i really liked the master especially the the one that was in um the 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 10th doctor series uh i the the man's name is the actor's name is escaping me right now but he was also in another British show I liked a lot called uh, Life on Mars. Um, that was not a well, I guess it was kind of a it was kind of a sci-fi show. It was about a guy who I think he gets he goes into a coma. He's like in the modern day, and he wakes up as a '70s cop, and it's all about him sort of like wondering which reality is real and trying to get back and all this stuff. But uh, be great if I knew his name, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I'm like, um, he's the one who was doing, he, he was dancing to the Scissor Sisters or some shit like that. I think so, yeah. And he's like, I can't decide if you should never die. It wasn't, uh, God. That's gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> I mean, because a lot of people played him too. Like, was it John Sim? That's correct. It's actor John Sim. You got it. Yeah, I had to cheat on that one. Well, that's okay. That's I mean, okay. literally, you're, I'm you're not as big the... of a fan of the newer one, so that makes. But sense. did you know that you have a master impersonation that you never realized? Oh, yeah. What? What's that? This is okay. This is going to be a, a stretch. <laughs> okay, but okay. not that, not by much. Okay. Jonathan Price mm-hmm. played the master in The Curse of the Fatal Death. Hey! A special comedy episode produced by the BBC in the 1990s for comic relief. <laughs> for real? Wow, that is a crazy connection. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. <laughs> so you, you, now you have. Doctor to- Who. Doctor Who is... <laughs> I am a dried-out husk. After all this... Uh, finishing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, the... <laughs> the, the... The... You know, like... The Master... For me... Has always been like... What's his name? Roger Delgado. In the one and which series him. was he on? He was... He pretty much was like... Um, during, like, John Pertwee into, um, you know, Tom Baker. Okay. 
he he him and then god i i'm that the other one's gonna fucking kill me oh my god i can't remember the other one and he really looks like a bad guy he's got the the goatee and like the silver streak in his hair yeah and then like the the next one is just like a younger version of that and you know like almost like shakespearean and where you know you were kind of talking about the doc you know the doctor kind of I don't want to be like he bumbles into things, but he's very, uh, you know, he's very ad hoc with how he does things where the master is very precise and, you know, he's terrifying in his own right. Um, you know, cause like, yeah, he's just as smart as the doctor. He has a TARDIS that works, you know, and he's very patient. The, the creepy thing about him is that he's been burning through his original regenerations. So, like, he went, you know, he went through his, uh, his 12, like, early in the series. So that's how come, like, he would, like, either take over someone's body or clone someone. Like, he, he was kept cheating death that way, and that's why I always liked kind of how he's been because he's just he, he he's a he's a great villain in his own right and then his 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 weapon always scared the shit out of me because it just would shrink you yeah that is uh that is terrifying and then it puts you in a little cage sometimes <laughs> it did it did whatever you needed to do you know yeah. <laughs> it's all like Woo. it's like oh i need to turn this guy kind of small okay i need to kill <laughs> You know, I need to turn this robot chameleon into like small and some mm-hmm. wires pop out, you know, just like, but it yeah. had such a, a, a menacing name. It was like the tissue compression modulator. Oh, that's going to kill the shit out of me. Uh, eliminator. Tissue compression eliminator. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Pretty fucking violent thing. Yeah, it was just like, oh, gee. That's, and that's why, right? Like, the doctor wasn't killing anybody back in the day. Master was killing everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, he's, a, he's a tough customer. Um, so, we mentioned before that uh, the doctor and the master travel around in, in the uh, TARDIS, which is their vehicle. Um, it's, it's a big deal these days that each regeneration kind of gets its own interior, like, uh, TARDIS interior and sort of aesthetic. Um, it wasn't so much in the original series that seems like it didn't change quite as often, but, uh, John, do you have a favorite TARDIS interior since the exterior stays relatively the same with minor details changing here and there? Um, but it's mostly just a blue police box. Yeah, I like the. Uh, it's it, can I can I do you, do you want me just to pick one? You can pick or multiple can I, if you want. I, no I just have two. I, I really enjoy the fifth doctors and the seventh doctors interiors. Mm-hmm. Um, what about them? It it you know it. I think it's purely. Uh, at this point it's probably purely a nostalgia thing just to think that like that was science fictiony you know it had the giant porthole like you know cutouts on each side that you couldn't see anything but they're all frosted over the uh 
the TARDIS control console was, you know, kind of neat and compact. But the way they filmed it, you know, you could see him run around and flick all the switches. Uh, and the center console seemed like, you know, of a good size. Like, the, the point, like, with these other ones, they're like, yeah, we can make it definitely bigger because we have a bigger, you know, like, sound stage. To me, it just seems like too much crap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, it's also, they're too dreary. The other thing is about these other interiors, they're all, like, white or, like, off-white. It's not, like, dark and dank. It's very bright inside, but these, uh, you know, like, Eccleson's from Eccleson onward. Like, there's this fucking, like, morose-looking, like, you know, caverns. Of, it just, they, they don't excite me the same way. Yeah, they're bigger, but it's not necessarily better to me. Um, yeah, the most, it actually, the the most recent series has a vast range of stylistic uh, differences. For example, the my favorite uh, interior is the second one from uh, the 11th Doctor's uh, run. Because the first one he had was like brightly colored, it was orange, it had like a lot of different aspects to it that are like from all sorts of different time periods. Like all the controls had like different knobs and then they had this sort of old timey television that was on like this accordion arm that he would stretch out. It was very almost like Pee Wee's Playhouse level uh, wacky whimsical. Uh, and then after he loses, uh, after he loses both Rory and Amy, his traveling companions in, in the, uh, I guess this is series seven, um, but it's the 11th doctor. He, uh, goes back to a very interesting combination of, it's like, it's darker, it has green accents, but the center console looks much more like a throwback to the, uh, to the uh, the ones that you're talking about, so yeah, it really it really runs the gamut in terms of like I think in Eccleston season it was like a lot of copper, a lot of orange, and it had sort of more of an organic feel to it. And then they kind of go back to referencing that octagonal center console like more directly as the the show, you know, more recently I think, um, even though Jodie Whittaker's uh, doctor her tardis is is a fairly uh big departure i think same thing with her her sonic is very organic whereas the the last few have been much more mechanical but yeah so that <laughs> yeah. i'm not a huge fan of the of her sonic myself but um it has sort of an, an etsy feel to it that uh i'm not i'm not a, a I, I don't know it just I won't. We'll get to it when we talk about our favorite Sonic designs, but um, yeah. So uh, for me, it's the second one that Matt, Matt Smith's Doctor has, and I guess that's right before he he regenerates into Capaldi's into the Twelfth Doctor's uh, uh, stuff. But yeah, it was it was just a nice combination of like it looked like practical tech. It had that throwback aspect to it, but. Um, as a set, it looked very cool and, and, uh, um, modern. So I'm a big fan of the color green. So that the center light, the center lit bits that kind of undulate up and down when the TARDIS is doing its thing, um, were green. So, you know, the whole, 
maybe it's the reason <laughs> I like it so much, but the whole Eleventh Doctor's aesthetic had a lot of green tech, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so that would be the TARDIS from Series 7. Less whimsy, more technical, but I think it really combines all the, the great parts from the previous one. Um, but, you know, the Doctor goes nowhere. Well, most of the time. Doesn't go anywhere without companions, because I guess they need... I imagine the writers thought they felt like they needed some sort of grounding element, because the Doctor is so out there. Um, but he always has companions, yeah, it actually it stems from the origin of what Doctor Who, the original intention for Doctor Who, which was mm-hmm. really a, um, it was meant to be a family show to teach history. So originally the Doctor had two people with him who they originally would even refer to him as like their uncle, even though he wasn't there, <laughs> where they would go back in different points in time and... Um, we're teaching history. That was the original intent. Um, mm-hmm. The first episode that kind of went away from that was actually the the dialects. Um, the dialects of the appearance. They wanted to do something way more science fiction-y, way more, you know, a little different. And that's where that kind of came from. So the, the shift of way more science fiction, less science, little science fiction with a lot of like, you know, George Washington did this. <laughs> You know, type of shit. So the companions just kind of hung around because it was the two, uh... Well, he had a lot of... I mean, shit, a lot of companions. Uh, <laughs> but, like, uh, you, it would go the gambit. So that's kind of like he'd grab people on and things like that. And also, it would be kind of boring just to have uh, him flying around by himself without, like, someone to, you know... I don't want to say, like, acknowledge his doctorness. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, his, that personality trait would be weird. So that's kind of where that stems from. It creates a good foil for his, because he's very, he's almost omnipotent in terms of his knowledge. He's been around for so long, and he has, he has like, a bunch of untapped mystery, which makes the, one of the things that makes the Doctor Who character so intriguing and having someone who is like standing in for the audience always being in awe or or sort of asking questions about the things that he's doing helps us like helps us uh, understand and be a part of the show a little bit more but is there a companion from the history of doctor who that you are uh extra fond of where we would say is your favorite or favorites yeah no my wife knows who my favorite one is <laughs> is it a secret no it's ace from seventh season mm-hmm. uh, and please all the doctor who fans listening to this out there there are a lot of other ones that are fantastic that i hated aldrich but him dying was <laughs> was tough <laughs> but you know like tegan and i know a lot of people didn't care for perry i loved perry um but and and of obviously you know billy piper's rose uh, mm-hmm. You know, I even love Martha Jones. Like there are a lot, there have been a lot of. When a companion is written well, it shows. There are some who are just kind of like, eh. but for me, Ace had, and I don't really have any familiarity with uh, Karen Gillian. You said Amy, right? Mm-hmm. Amelia. Yeah, Pond. just 
yeah, just because I have no interest in the 11th Doctor. I just don't count that. Um, that's me. You can at me if you want. I'll tell you all why. <laughs> but for me, it's always been Ace. I loved her attitude. The fact that she rolled around with a baseball bat. Uh, the fact that she wasn't afraid to get into some you know, trouble to help the Doctor. Because I, I'm a big fan of the 7th Doctor as well. So Ace for me is like my favorite companion. That's awesome. Um, I think for me, it has to. It's like a tie between Rose and Amy. Uh, Rose is an incredible character. Her the what she goes through with both Eccleston's Ninth Doctor and Tennant's Tenth Doctor is like uh, it is just like earth shattering. And then her um, the eventual sort of how she leaves the show is heartbreaking. So. Uh, gotta love Rose for that, but Amy Pond, first Karen Gillan, is an incredible actor, and uh, I love her in uh, um, uh, the MCU as Nebula, uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for those who are not familiar with that uh, moniker, but um, but her whole story, uh, her arc within the 11th Doctor season and uh, how she is related to other characters and um, the, uh, you know how she parts from uh, the Doctor is also just really well done. They, they, she it sort of opens the season with him and, and, is, uh, and is such a huge part of the overarching narrative of, his, of that regeneration story that it's hard not to pick her, so she ends up on my uh, the number one spot at the the top of the mountain. Yeah, is, uh, Amy Pond. Yeah, no, it is you. That's a tough. That's a tough question. Because like I'm just thinking back, like Sarah Jane. Oh yeah, uh, Sarah Jane, and then K nine. K nine, of course. K nine got his own show, his own spinoff here in the modern yeah. era. I know, I know. Uh, who who are you thinking? Uh, River Song. You, well, of course, River. Uh, she's just a part of almost every every series, and and she is uh, such a good. I think what's so interesting about River Song is that um, she ha- is like an intellectual batch for the Doctor. And, like, nothing that he does surprises her. And it's just cool to have a character that is friendly with the Doctor who has that sort of intimate knowledge of him. And, and then the way that that companions can only hope to to achieve. Because yeah. that's that's sort of the mystery, or the sort of the appeal of the companion-Doctor relationship, right? Is that the Doctor... The, at least in the newer series, he's he's constantly sort of like sweep sweeping normal people off their feet and taking them out of their very mundane lives, and then exposing them to this fantastical other world and worlds and times and dimensions that they could only ever dream of. And of course, they, whether it be Plutonic or not, they fall in love with this this character, and it's. Uh, it's just is such an interesting dynamic. Yeah, no, the 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 doctor companion uh, relationship is very unique, and depending on the individual, sometimes it's more humanizing him, 
um, grounding him. Other times it's being his intellectual equal, like you said, with uh, River Song, or I mentioned Romana, because she was mm-hmm. like another Time Lord as well, who, by all the episodes I remember, was just a better doctor than the doctor was. You know, like, she even built her own, like, sonic screwdriver, and at some point he was trying to steal it, (laughs) because it was just like, wow, this is really good. This is so good. I gotta get my hands on one of these. I need to, I need to steal this shit. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like, I got mine, you know, like, hers was, like, the premium model, uh, you know, bought it, like, Bang and Olsen or something, and he got his shit at, like, Kmart. That, that was the kind of appeal to it. Um, but it's always great to see that dynamic. Sometimes there's too many of them on the TARDIS, but usually when you have too many, you know one's going to die pretty soon. Just put that on. Yeah. Like, once, once it's like, ooh, there's like four people and the Doctor on this, one of them is dying this episode. <laughs> yeah. um, going to happen. So that's actually funny that you bring up uh, Sonic Screwdrivers. I'd love to to talk about that next, because the Sonic Screwdriver wasn't always part of the show, right? Folks at home, I just sent Forrest a list that I didn't want to send ahead of time, which was the Doctor Who Sonic Screwdriver list. Mm-hmm. With every Sonic Screwdriver and iteration that I remember. Sonic Screwdriver became a thing in the second Doctor, uh, and... Started with him, but then it disappeared. It they got rid of it by the fifth doctor. So the fifth doctor doesn't. He had one, but then it it went away pretty quickly. And I'm kind of glad they got rid of it. And I kind of hate the fact that they brought it back. I understand why you would bring it back, outside of just the fact that it is a cool little device. It's a merchandising tool that you can change all the time. Yep. <laughs> but they got rid of it because he was it, it could do everything. So it was making episodes le- less interesting because he wasn't being the doctor solving his way out of it. So that's why they got it. they destroyed it in one of the fifth doctor's episodes. And it stayed away until um uh, season, I think Eccleson technically, um, though uh, I believe the Eight Doctor does have one, so that's why I added it to the list. I don't remember that. I really did push that movie episode out of my brain. So. <laughs> so, They've anyway. done a lot of like radio plays and like supplementary material, so who knows if it was actually in the special. I, I'm sure. I'm like sure if it wasn't in that, it was in one of yeah, the radio uh, performances or something where it's like you're. Or, you know, whatever it is, stupid one sounded like. Anyway, so on this list is the image of the doctor <laughs> holding it and a picture of the sonic screwdriver. And I thought, um, we can kind of go through the list um, also, just really quickly, just so that way um, you kind of have a point of reference for when I tell you which one's my favorite. Fair? Sure, yeah. Well, um, how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about each one? Because I don't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we'll cut through. I, I will be your Doctor Who Sherpa for the early ones, and then once we get to the ones you know, you'll know them. Okay. Cool? It sounds good. All right, so the second Doctor's really is just a pin light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what the thing is. It's a, a silver tube with a light on the end. Um, 
I believe in that episode he's actually taking a uh, a pin out of a gun. Okay. And yeah, looks that way. Yeah, I'm not and have never been impressed by this one, but I'm glad he had one. Then we move on to the third doctor, and this is when things start getting fucking wild. So it's kind of like this propellery looking thing with a bright yellow dizzle dazzle on top. Mm-hmm. Um the reason why it kind of has this look, just to give you context, John Pertwee's doctor, you could probably consider like the James Bond of doctors in a sense that um, that's kind of the appearance they wanted a more action oriented uh, doctor versus like uh, William Hartnell and Patrick Talton, who are more, you know, just old dudes, but you know, they, they weren't like ready to do judo flips and shit, but. Sure. John Pertwee was. And uh, John Pertwee's run primarily takes place on Earth because he was banished there from by the Time Lords. So this look kind of has a very James Bondy, Like, it seems like something James Bond would use to me to listen to somebody. I don't know. Uh, it, it's fine. That's giving it a lot of credit, I think. There's a, I'm trying there's to. a sticker quality to this one that I think... I'm trying, nice. I'm trying to be nice. I'm trying to be nice. Alright, the yeah, fifth, yeah. fourth Doctors looks very similar to uh, the third Doctors. Uh, this is Tom Baker's. It just has a lot of the uh, candy coating taken off of it. Mm-hmm. Very mechanical. <laughs> um, and honestly, to me, this one looks like it could belong in a Star Wars environment sure. pretty easily. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah. So then the fifth Doctors. Again... It is the same one, practically, just some minor changes, but he loses it pretty easily. There was a sonic device that did appear, which is the sonic lance. This thing is stupid. So, it looks mm, stupid. Yeah. It looks Pregnancy test, sh- looks like. It looks like, yeah, either a pregnancy test or something that would tell you if the fuses you had in your house were still good. Um like mm-hmm. it's got a red tip it's got some lights on it um he, I, he only he used this this type of device as the fourth doctor and as the sixth doctor um but it didn't stay around very much like colin baker who didn't stay around very long as the doctor <laughs> Uh-oh. Uh, it they just you know i i had no problem with them but you know like it is what it is all right <laughs> The eighth Doctor Sonic <laughs> screwdriver looks dumb as shit. I don't like it. Um, it it looks like something you'd see in Harry Potter, or like a, a proto lightsaber in Star Wars. It's got a giant crystal in the front. Yeah, it looks like a ship you would see on Babylon Five. Yeah, but not a good ship because they have good right. ships on Babylon Five. Let's not shit on Babylon Five. We will fight. Sure, but yeah, they've got, you're kind they've of got right plenty on. of good designs on Babylon 5, sure, yeah, sure, right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. good, 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 good. They do, it's called the Star Furies, look it up. <laughs> anyway, yeah, this one isn't very special. Um, I love the War Doctor, so I put him on here because it's very reminiscent of the old ones. It's just, sure, yeah, the top. looks like a laser pointer. <laughs> yeah, it, it's almost like it went almost full circle from a pin light <laughs> to that. Then we have uh, Christopher Eccleston, the Ninth Doctor. Uh, yeah, it's a thing. It's got some organic shit to it. it sure has is. A light. Um, yeah, it's a thing. 
the Tenth Doctor is the same. I believe it, uh, it, there's a slight color variation that happens where it goes a little more tan. Very similar yeah. to the Ninth Doctors, though. Um, the Eleventh Doctors is the stupidest thing. One of the stupidest <laughs> things I've ever seen. Um, I'm sure this is Forrest's favorite because it's got green on the tip. Uh, but it's got like a grabby claw that you would see at a, a carnival type of, for whatever reason it does that, but it's got a ivory-ish handle, not a fan. Um, the, but then I thought that was stupid. Then you see Peter Capaldi's and you're just <laughs> oh, like, man. I don't know what this, this is like when you're a kid. And you see, like, one of those transforming watches that transform into a little robot, and they have a transforming pin. This is, like, what that is, but then got confused halfway through. <laughs> it's it, a good way to describe it. it. It's got, like, it's blue, it's gold, and silver, which are great colors, but the way it's all cobbled together, mm, no thank you. And, I mean, I guess I would have rathered him keep the pair of sunglasses. Yeah, um, this is what we do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I knew this is where I they were known. going, I'd be like, mm, keep the sunglasses. It's yeah, fine. Sunglasses Ray-Bans, are it works. Yeah, okay, fine. I mean, it's not a cool prop, but it's fine. It's better than this. Yeah. Speaking and, of better than this, than this. <laughs> and then yeah, uh, Jody Whitaker. I I hear she's a great doctor. The episodes I saw, I said I enjoyed this. I it's some sort of dinosaur claw with with the light. There's some other things that I obviously want to call it, but I'm not going to. Yeah, um, it definitely, it looks, it has, if anyone is unfamiliar out there about what it looks like, it has, it looks like, it's like the least technological of all the ones that came before. It's very organic. The shapes are organic. It sort of looks like somebody took the abdomen of a hornet and then stuck a weird crystalline like someone stuck a cool necklace from it's etsy where someone had like pressed a bunch of copper onto a crystal and then you know hung that from a chain that's like they put that together with a with a metal hornet's thorax and you've got this weird uh thing and i think that what i don't like about it even more is like the crystal that is sort of powering it or that is like the activator thing has these weird sort of almost veins or like this uh like metal mesh running of it it's a bad silhouette to for me and it it looks too homemade i think it it yeah all of that and a bag of chips mm-hmm. um yeah <laughs> Mm-mm. and then you'll notice i added other sonic weapons of the doctor who universe sure all right the master He's had a few different ones, but he has a laser screwdriver. Mm-hmm. It's, Can't be just Sonic. Gotta be yeah, more laser. intense. Yeah, more dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it looks like another lightsaber to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Looks like something Darth Sidious would roll around with, a little pocket saber. Um, uh, but it's definitely better than the last few we've seen, uh, as far as shapes. Mm-hmm. This is the master's tissue compression eliminator, which I mean, I that's actual that's the actual prop of uh, yeah. the image. So we could hide he could hide the wire up his sleeve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wire. Yep. And then if there's like a broken bulb, 
on the set, you just use that thing to take it off. Yeah, I mean, it, it looks like the rankest vibrator in the planet. Anyway, uh, there's River Songs, who is mm-hmm. very reminiscent of the Eccleson Tenant era one, just with some additional bibbity babs to it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a thing. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's fine. It's yeah, a little chunky Sarah, for me, but it's fine. Yeah, Sarah Jane, when the Sarah Jane Adventures was around, she had her own Sonic lipstick. Which, of course, because a lady can't have a screwdriver. <laughs> yeah, that's, according to this show, not me. Yeah, like you know, it has to. You know, it. You know, if you're gonna give Capaldi Sonic sunglasses, and if you're gonna follow that, why not Sonic lipstick or Sonic high heels or whatever other stereotype thing you gotta attach? It's Sonic toothbrush. Yeah, I, the one thing with this, at least, it does kind of have a classic quality to it. Um. But it's nothing special. Just think of a tube of lipstick covered in gold with a metal thing where the lipstick would be. And a little red bop. We have Captain Jack's Sonic Blaster. Now this mm-hmm. is something that looks like it's from fucking Babylon 5. Yeah, or Buck Rogers reboot. Yeah, like, it, it, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a gun that can also unlock things. Sure. Shooting it. (laughs) um, And it can unlock your heart from your chest by shooting you in it. So, (laughs) good stuff. It's going to unlock you from your mortal coil. Yeah, there you go. Oh, life been troubling me. Sonic (laughs) Blaster. And then uh, finally, because I mentioned it. Yeah, we went dark with (laughs) Doctor Who. And uh, finally, Romana Sonic Screwdriver, the one I mentioned earlier. Um, thin, elegant, flute-like almost. Yeah. So, to say which one's my favorite out of all this, it is probably, honestly, Romana's followed by the fourth, fifth Doctors. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I think the that fourth Doctors Sonic is has a great look, and the same thing with the fifth. It you know looks like something you would look into somebody's ear to figure out if there's some sort of infection in there. But uh, you know it it has beauty in its simplicity, I would say. And um, you know you're right for me. <laughs> Mine is the eleventh Doctor Sonic Screwdriver, the one you derided so heavily. In fact, one of the images you have in this deck that you sent me uh, is of the toy, which I do yeah. own. I'm sure you do. Um, <laughs> which I do own and love. And, uh, you know, I will defend this uh, design um, because it is very dynamic. And a lot of the other Sonic screwdrivers didn't have... <laughs> didn't have... Uh, Hold on, I'm getting like, my blanket my pillow. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on. Go on, go ahead. Very dynamic because it, it, it pops open. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, oh. the other ones, like a lot of the other ones don't move at all. Um, oh, but there was do. something about they do now. So the 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 tops with telescope, so like sometimes right. they'd move up and things. Just mm-hmm. not yeah. Not, some of them did not grabber claw dynamic. Right. It was like almost like a little satellite dish that would open when he was scanning things, and then he would close it to check the little the little green uh, you know telescoping thing that was near the handle, and it was just a lot of good use of materials we have like uh steel like a i don't know regular steel colored parts we got copper parts 
there's a leather handle, and then as you're saying, that cool ivory bit towards the back. It's just a super dynamic design, and as far as uh, silhouettes go, one of the best. Um, and green. One of the very Ugh. few, if only, I guess, green aspects to it. Ugh. I don't know. I mean, I think if you hate... the, Why would you hate this one so severely? It's the least... There's so many other ones that look so stupid. I this mean, one looks cool. Of, it has a great out silhouette. Of, out of the newer ones, going through this and visualizing them, sure. Sure, it is better. Yeah, but, that's not but you want much. one that looks like an immersion blender. That's that's. I would rather one that looks like it's actually like technology versus this thing that you want to talk about immersion blender i'm making mayo with this thing because it's got such a wide whisk top on it <laughs> whatever the one the one you picked looks like an actual propeller is on top <laughs> don't start yeah, with because it That's works business. versus this with a little green light on the top yeah you just I love... like it because it's green that's why don't <laughs> no. lie to the people people he's lying to you he just likes That's not it because true. it's green and the doctor who wears it is a dude who has leather patches on a tweed blazer and that's why he likes it there's no other reason he's lying to you if there's anything else it's even even where he activates from the bottom mm-hmm. garbage that's cool he's when he's no, expecting no. stuff he can hold it from the back it looks like he's holding a flashlight it's neat. no it's not because there's i don't own a flashlight that pops open in the front like this one does but don't, don't you wish you did no also no. Well, i mean fair no. enough fair enough i no. i really love when when your doctor is in orlando and it's really hot and he pulls the thing out and it's got a little spritzer that sprays water on him and it's a fan it to, to hey, boot so it's like hey, a swiss army knife he, almost he's comfortable versus this which is <laughs> this this looks like something the bank would give you after you signed a small loan like here's your pin <laughs> it's stupid it doesn't no. really do anything yeah no the bank would never give you something so so elaborate yeah. and no uh, they would give you garbage and that's what this one is but no compared it's to the other ones that it's surrounded <laughs> about it is better but that's not saying much yeah, well, I appreciate you uh, being so magnanimous and uh, and 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 giving me that little bit of uh, of uh, leeway. Um, I mean, I aim Sonic's to please, Force. I aim to please. You know, I'm <laughs> course, just trying to do my course. best to make sure you understand it. Um, so, I think let's. Um, that really leads us, I think, very well into what I'm going to say is uh, one of the final categories of this uh, of our doc talk. And probably and that is... the final episode of Pop Saga if he's going <laughs> to say what I know he's going to say. <laughs> so, uh, so John, who is your favorite regeneration? This is tough. This one's a tough one, just because it's a lot of good ones out there. There are a lot of there are a lot of good ones, and there are a lot of great ones, and some that are like eh. And some that are just like, mm. and then so, <laughs> so like, yeah, I didn't really grow up with the first or second doctors. I mean, again, my first doctor was John Pertwee, and normally how KTH would do it would they would just do the whole run, whatever episodes mm -hmm. they had. So Pertwee to Baker, Baker to Davidson to Baker, Colin Baker, and then you know Sylvester McCoy. So 
you know, then maybe you'd start getting Hartnell and stuff like that. But they, even then, they didn't play those as often. So those two are out. Uh, uh, I'm glad they're the forefathers are out. Pertwee's out because he never had a Cyberman episode. So can't he's can't out. choose him. Can't choose him. Uh, Baker's out for me. Um, uh, Tom Baker, the fourth Doctor, he's out. Uh, Colin Baker. Um, he's out. Uh, uh, Paul McGann is so out, it's not even funny. <laughs> I think that's, uh, I think a lot of people agree with you there, but please continue. Right. Um, uh, Capaldi's out. I don't know anything about Whitaker. She's out. Uh, Matt Smith is hella out. Even though you've never seen any episodes, but yeah, that's not true. I would walk through the room as my wife was watching his season. That doesn't count. And I'd go, what is this? Oh, I didn't realize they put Dawson Creek in Doctor Who. Should they call this Doctor Creek from here on out? Okay, old man John. Let's let's, let's just hear what your favorite one is. Yeah, so it's really... uh, Eccleson's out. So for me, it's between the Tenth Doctor, the Fifth Doctor, and the Seventh Doctor. Mm-hmm. And uh, oh, this seems like a this is your this is a hard choice. This is probably the hardest choice ever because part of me wants to cheat and say new error is this doctor classic era is this one but i feel like that's a cheat i mean you could go i'm only going to choose from the new era so i say go ahead uh yeah, separate is, them out this is still be tough so for the new era uh david Tennant. yeah bar none um bar none he, he's the he reminds me enough of the classic doctors while I love his interpretation, a lot of great episodes. The reason why I haven't watched his last season is because I didn't want it to end. Yeah, so it is. Literally... Well, it's probably a good choice because it is very sad. But go yeah, ahead. I said I didn't want to watch it. So with the classic ones, this is so tough because Peter Davison has a lot of my favorite episodes, but so does Sylvester McCoy. The difference is mm. I swam in a pool with Sylvester McCoy and I got to ask him some questions as a kid. Ooh. And that that Saucy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because, you know, we were at a hotel for a, a at the Red Lion in San Jose going to TimeCon and he was there. <laughs> so, Ooh. It's like I got to hang out with the Sylvester McCoy for a minute until I probably annoyed him with all my questions and he left. and he's like no one will know who i am here sploosh and i'm like yay so in this episode (laughs) so god um i'm gonna go sylvester mccoy with peter davidson being so close it's not even funny um yeah just i'm just doing that because of ace and sylvester mccoy Mm -hmm. They're there. They're they're the deal. I like their snarkiness. I love Remembrance of the Dialects. I love Silver Nemesis. Um, oh my God, I'm blanking on the one where they had like this 
like god the candy robot weird fucking thing i love that episode so i'm, I'm gonna go seventh doctor but that that's a hard fucking that might change you know what i mean like that yeah that type of fandom that that that'll shift but and nothing yeah Peter davidson don't get mad at me i know you don't know who i am but <laughs> you know, earth shock i the first doctor who book i ever read was earth shock which was a fifth doctor book so like you're up there dude and i love your outfit i think it's one of the best so yeah um there you go there you go fuck that was tough god damn. that's awesome um yeah, i think that's a really good uh reasoning around it um yeah i mean this isn't gonna be fun but mine is the 11th doctor <laughs> have a week we keep it groovy we talking cartoons books tvs and movies oh i thought we yeah. were ending the show forever mm-hmm. because yeah yeah he's sure. not a good doctor well, I mean, you but don't if know he's your because you favorite haven't seen doctor, the show. I don't need to. I've seen this show when it was called uh, Gilmore Girls. When it was was called... he on Gilmore Girls? No, but that type of character, Tingsy Anks, uh, Doctor. I'm sure he exists in other shows. That he's are... not an angsty doctor. Yes, he is. Look at him. Look at him. I mean, sure. I mean, if you're going just on looks alone, he is young. And I think that I mean, is something that did, doctor. yeah, that did bump other people too. Um, I think because they're they're kind of used to the the crusty doctors. Well, uh, now look, Peter Davison. I just went through my trial and tribulation. He was thirty when he was first played the doctor. So that's what, pretty young, right? And he was like that was a big departure from, you know, fucking William Hartnell was fifty five. <laughs> you know, like definitely a departure there so i i wasn't knocking him because he was young i i just there's something he has him. that he has that crazy hair he, he just, is a young looking guy uh yeah i think that that sort of thing i think bumped a lot of people but i think if you invest the time in the show uh he has you know how like david Tenant had like he kept some of the anger that Eccleston had, and he had was he was almost he was very mercurial. He would be very fun and sort of uh, funny at one moment, and then very serious the next. We kind of talked about that earlier. And uh, the Eleventh Doctor was even more sort of because I think this is when um, Russell T Davies handed it off to Stephen Moffat, the showrunners. But Stephen Moffat has more of a he likes bringing in a little bit more of the whimsy. So the the entire arc of the Eleventh Doctor has a like it has a very cohesive arc, and it has like a central through line with these very interesting characters like Amelia Pond and Rory, and also River Song plays a big um, uh, role in it. But um, the thing about Matt Smith is, well, first off, he's a very good actor, so the initial like when you think well this guy's a little baby like you said it has like a certain uh, boyish quality that you might uh, associate with like early uh st- shows teen shows like Dawson's Creek um but he brings an incredible amount of uh, gravitas to the role and um i really liked his uh outfits 
and yeah, I like the way he would um, sort of have that. He would the the sort of personality change that where he would be very whimsical and funny and flirty, and you would be like, "Oh, this doctor," and then he would really change gears into saving the world mode, and it would be. And each one is believable, which is a little bit of a feat, considering that he he does look uh, rather boyish. So, I mean, I, it's partially because I think he did a good job. He captured the more whimsical aspects of the Doctor that I'm a fan of, and of, and I think part of it is also because those his run and his seasons are. I just like the. I really like the story that they tell. Um. And I and it's mostly just the Rory, Amelia Pond, Doctor era. After he loses those two characters later in the series, it's not as interesting because he gets really depressed. So that's a little bit. I like a little more fun in my uh, in my uh, Doctor Whom's. But it was a very tough choice for me because I also love the Tenth Doctor. I think. David Tennant is an incredible actor. He embodied that character in a way that I was really missing, even though I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, you know, of the old school ones, when I knew I just didn't like Eccleston's take on it. It was too mean and too gruff and too aloof. And I thought uh, David Tennant brought some of that warmness, warmness back. And then his, of course, his chemistry with Rose was just like incredible and heartbreaking. But yeah, if you really have to, if I have to choose, I say I would have to say with all the different things, the screwdriver, Amy, and uh, the whole overarching story that the Eleventh Doctor gets my vote—an unexpectedly controversial choice. And um, John, I have a little surprise for you. Um, there in 2014, there was a poll of all the people, uh, or I guess who participated in the poll on the BBC America, or, or I guess it wasn't BBC America, it was the BBC uh, website um, about who the favorite doctors are and would you like to guess? There's five of them and we're going to go through each number. <laughs> I don't know. How I guess maybe maybe you don't guess because that would be it could be any of the thirteen, um, but uh, how about I'm gonna read them off to you and I would love to get your hot takes on this list. Yeah, yeah. Are you start? You said there's five. Yes, there's five. I'll start at five. Okay. Um, and this is in 2014. The poll uh, of uh, readers of this BBC website netted this list. So number five. John Pertwee. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, he had a lot of fun adventures, for sure. I like the way he dressed a lot. And mm -hmm. uh, like I said, he wasn't afraid Great to outfit. get into surgery. So, and also he had the Skylark. He had an actual, like, Doctor Who-like type car that looked like <laughs> everybody awesome. else. And it was kind of like he would solve... It was almost like if you had the Doctor join... Uh, the X-Files, mm -hmm. when they would go around doing these things, uh, fighting with Unit and stuff like that. So, okay, fit. that's interesting. But yeah. I'm for it. I'm for it. Why not? And number four, Patrick Trotton? Yeah, that's Trot the second doctor. Patrick Trotton is number four. 
Interesting. I wonder how old the people were going through this <laughs> well, list. Wait till you hear the next the top three. Yeah. All right. So number three, Matt Smith. Yeah. The eleventh doctor. I think he's probably about thirteen. He, he's hold on. You said number three. Yep. He's about ten spaces too high on this list, but anyway. <laughs> Number two, David Tennant. All right, all right. So then Tom Baker's number one. And you are correct, sir. Nah, Tom Baker is number one. Great guess. He was not your favorite Doctor, but maybe oh, one I, of the I, most I, iconic Doctor Whos of all time. Well, of course. I mean, look, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to shit on his parade. I think Tom Baker is a fine Doctor. He just... He just had so many episodes that mm-hmm. it was hard for me to like. I was like, "Well, but get to get to fucking Peter Davison already." Like <laughs> a lot, of, a lot of peaks and valleys. There is what you're saying. Yeah, like I mean, just in terms. So again, right? Like we can break these down into stories. If so, if you're to break down like a season into stories, uh, Tom Baker did like forty-one stories. But the number of episodes associated with those 41 stories is 172 episodes. Wow. So, like, it was from 74 to, I think, like, his run was, like, 74 to, like, 81. So. Jeez. He is, like, the longest running Doctor with the most episodes. So, yeah, it's. Any list with Doctor Who will always be Tom Baker. Everyone remembers the scarf. Even if you don't know anything else, you remember the scarf, the floppy hat. He was a great, weird Doctor. Yeah. that's He really taps into my want for a, um, for a whimsical Doctor. And I think that makes sense because the Doctor that, like you said, there were so many episodes, he was the first Doctor I was aware of. So it makes sense that that's sort of, you know, uh, informed my my later choices. Um, but uh, yeah, two very interesting choices that couldn't be more uh, off the map from each other, or more far apart from each other. But that's why you tune into a terrific show like, like ours. But John, I have one more surprise before we wrap up today. And that's, oh yes. Get ready for America's number one game show. Who's that doctor? All right, John. Welcome to Who's That Doctor. As we all know, everybody knows, this is the game show where we read quotes from either Dr. McCoy or the Doctor from Doctor Who. So each one of these will either be Dr. McCoy from Star Trek, or the Doctor from Doctor Who. Are you ready, John? Yeah, sure. All (laughs) right. Here we go. Nice to be here, by the way. Thanks for having me. I'm from not-so-sunny San Francisco, and um, I like long walks on short beaches. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) here we go so question number one we'll give you an easy one here who said this 
there's no point in being grown up if you can't be childish sometimes. Oh, that's the... Uh, do, you, do I say McCoy or the doctor? Yes, please. Okay, so doctor. That's correct! Congratulations, John. That's one point on the board. All right, now they'll only get harder from here on out. I'm sure they will. Now, who said this quote? Now, that man can think anything we can, and love, hope, and dream as much as we can. But he can't reach out, and nobody can reach in. McCoy. <laughs> That's correct! Speaking about Christopher Pike in the original series. Now, here's another one. You know, the very powerful and the very stupid have one thing in common. They don't alter their views to fit the facts. They alter the facts to fit the views. McCoy? I'm sorry, John. That was Dr. The Doctor from Doctor Who. Wait, was that a Matt Smith quote? Because no. if it was, it seems like a garbage quote. Anyway. <laughs> that is not a... I do not believe that is a Matt uh, Smith one. Too is verbose. that a Paul McGain one? Because again, garbage doctor. Anyway, right, yeah, it may have been. Yeah, all right, fair <laughs> I didn't. I don't have the uh, the regeneration who this is attributed to. All Ooh. right. <laughs> all right anyway, sorry. All right, here we go again. Who said this? Letting it get to you. You know what that's called? Being alive. Best thing there is, being alive right now, is all that counts. Fuck. That's a good quote. In the sense that it could be either or. Uh, I'm gonna go... I'm gonna go with McCoy again. So sorry. That is Doctor Who. And here's our, our final one. Who so said I'm, this? I'm two for two, right? You are indeed. And so for the final one, for the clinch, the clincher, who said this? Um, compassion. That's one thing no machine ever had. Maybe it's the one thing that keeps men ahead of them. Oh, that's a McCoy line. That is correct! Congratulations, Johns. You have won the trip to sunny Solving California. Solving California. It's all closed right now. <laughs> oh, so I hope ever you had a fun playing everybody's favorite game show. Who's that doctor? All right. You're trying to get me back for the Joker thing. I see how it is. I see how it is. No, no. I, I love that segment. And uh, I just wanted to join in. <laughs> That has haunted me ever since that recording. 
I was like, why did I guess that one? It's so dumb. Of course it had to be like a joker. Exactly. Uh, you know, not to uh, bounce around too much, but when I when he when he said that we live in a society lo- line that is uh, a reappropriated Ed Lord meme that Joker has never actually said, but Zack Snyder put it in his movie because it's a meme. Uh, I mean, that's you've jumped the shark, right? Yeah, <laughs> you're putting you, a meme. Yeah, you jumped sharks. <laughs> yeah, you jumped all the sharks. All of them. Fantastic. Well, I hope you enjoyed our terrific Doctor Who Doc Talk episode. It's the first, probably won't be the last, as you can uh, tell. We both have very strong opinions about Doctor Who and love talking about it. So I hope you'll tune in next week. We'll have something, a very exciting new show with a new format. I mean, it's the same show, but it'll be a slightly new format. Um, And as we always say here at Pop Saga... We hope that wherever you are out there, however you're listening to this, that you are happy and that you are healthy. And we'll see you next week. Exterminate! 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 Let this keep going. Saga, you know we keep it groovy uh-huh. We talking cartoons, books, TVs, and movies A couple of nerds, but got style We so cool, pop culture Talking new and old school, yeah You should know we love hip-hop From the roots, Ty Lib, shout out to Feral Munch, we giving you what you want It don't get no live, ain't no doubt we got you. This is Pop Saga, let's go Oh yeah, you heard right heard This right. is a lifestyle, welcome to the nerd life Pop Saga